This programme was first broadcast on Canterbury's community access radio station Plains FM 96.9 and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Kia ora and welcome to Changing Lenses, a unique perspective on health and wellness. Our purpose is to share the nurse's story. Changing Lenses is based on the narrative of the personal journey of six nurses. It will take shape over a six-week period. These radio interviews allows you, the listener, to hear the human story of nurses, their successes, challenges and how they see the world around them. My name is Anna Aikman and this is Changing Lenses. Uh, hello everyone, my name is Maya and today I have the privilege of interviewing my mum, registered nurse Anna Aikman, in the final of her six-episode series, Changing Lenses, A Nurse's Story. Anna Aikman is a health, wellness and leadership social entrepreneur. She believes in the power of out-of-the-ordinary experiences and that thinking differently empowers personal growth, organisation, business and community wellness. As a global change agent for healthy communities, Anna creates and facilitates health, wellness and leadership events, speaking opportunities, celebrant ceremonies and retreats that inspire positive change from within. So today we will speak to Anna uh, about this, find out a little uh, more. So mum, welcome to the podium. Uh, If you could just tell me a little about yourself, who are you? Thank you, Maya. It's so wonderful uh, to have you interview me and uh, for the listeners. So I am feeling a little bit nervous because I am now the interviewee and um, I haven't felt nervous all day. (laughs) So um, I feel very privileged that Maya is uh, interviewing me today. So thank you and thank you for the podium. (laughs) Um, So who am I? And I guess that's probably a really can be a really multi-layered question because there are so much, so many parts of who I feel I am. And what I thought I might like to do, Maya, is that I wrote a little bit of a um, piece of prose that I feel sits with who I am. So who am I? I am my ancestors' future and my children's legacy. I am the past, the present, the future. I was born from ancient storytellers, wisdom keepers, seekers of knowledge, noble, brave, gentle, and kind. I am the young girl who gazed upwards the first snow, through the big glass windows, awestruck in presence, who lay at the hearth of the open fire. I am the girl who loved the mountains, the lake, the earth, and the sky of carefree days, of running free. I am the girl with the suntan skin, the dancer, the reader, the thinker, the empath. I am the girl of now we are six with long back black hair. Fur coats, intrigues and mysteries of Aslan, of Narnia. I am the daughter of a Scottish soldier in Italy, of the mother, the nurse, of an almost extinct race. 
I am the girl whose parents allowed the roads less travelled and the grace of manners. I am the girl with a positive heart, the ease of a smile and oceans of soul. I am this girl who then grew up the mother of two and nurse of many. I am now the woman, I am now the woman of this now, past, present and future. The girl alive inside is me, for I am her and she is me. And here I am and hold the space. From me to you, I see you too, for I am Anna. Well, that is a beautiful piece of writing. Thank you so much for sharing who you are in that way. Um, I imagine that each stanza there is sort of a chapter of your childhood and obviously into your adulthood. Would that be correct? Yes, it is, uh, Maya. And it takes me back to my birthplace in Queenstown uh, during the late 50s. And so all of that has the essence of the mountains, the lake, the freedom of a young child in those days to be able to explore as much as you wanted. But it also kind of weaves in my ancestry. So I am, I come from Scottish, Viking, Scandinavian descent. So I often share the stories about the Vikings. And then on the other side, I come from Nati Maniapoto, Tainui, uh, Iwi. So from Māori and Scottish consent, uh, descent, it's funny how that kind of fits with me for who I am as a traveller and a seeker. And one day I just thought, how do I describe myself for my website? How do I put it out there that really represents who, that I feel, how it represents me? So... And kind of one of those moments of uh, creativity that's really spontaneous out came these words. Well, like I said, a, a beautiful piece of prose and I think it definitely reflects the person that you are and the place that you came from, uh, which sort of leads us into why changing lenses? What what were you trying to achieve, I guess, with with this event and with this? new understanding of the world? I have always been, you know, retrospect is such a great insight. And so when I was growing up, I was probably just doing, but I didn't realise the way I was probably being. And uh, people used to always say to me, I know you've got such an uh, old soul and a very young uh, body. And I kind of didn't really know what that meant and I probably graciously acknowledged that, but really didn't understand the depth um, of that. And so as I got older and had lots of experiences, both overseas and in this country, I um, started to look at things differently. And that comes with experience and when you really start to do a lot of self-reflection. And... I guess in order for me to continue that story, I need to share an earlier story. <laughs> so um, I was brought up in uh, Queenstown, born in 1957 at the time when it was a very small town and very much community orientated. So we had the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker. And um, 
I think we often take for granted what we have uh, until we get older and we understand the uh, influence that those days um, bring to our lives. And that can be in a myriad of forms, so the challenges, the successes, etc. So um, I was always, when I think back now, I used to sit after school um, looking up at the hills and I'd look at Queenstown Hill and Ben Loman and the house where I lived was right underneath the gondola and the gondola wasn't there at those times at that time but I used to look up at these mountains and or hills we called them I guess some people that don't have the mountains that we have in New Zealand would call them mountains but I saw these as hills and with the Scottish name of Ben Loman was um, very poignant, I guess, for my dad and myself. So I used to sit as a young girl and probably daydreamed a lot now that I think about it. And I used to kind of make movies in my head um, And when I used to look up at Queenstown Hill. So I had these moments of reverie. And although I didn't think much about it at the time, now that I'm doing the work that I do, I see all these moments in time that have influenced on how I personally have evolved. And I hope that's in a deeper and more um, meaningful way. So I was very lucky to have incredible parents who, um, who had been through their own journeys and uh, who were very mindful at the time. And uh, I went through my schooling in Queenstown and I remember so vividly um, being asked uh, when we went to vocational guidance officer and I officers, what would we do for the future? What does the future look like? And I often think about young people now, and I think when we ask them that question, I think we really cut off a lot of opportunities for young people because it's hard to know what you want to do because life continues to evolve and other things come into our path and sometimes we just have to explore the things around us in order to find out where we do want to go or maybe perhaps where we don't want to go. So I was you know, pretty okay at school. And uh, we used to get book awards in those days. And uh, so I used to get quite a number of awards. And one of those books was Now We Are Six. And so I often, it's by A.A. Milne, it's a book of poetry. And um, I was very young when I got that book, but I still treasure it now. And it's kind of dog-eared, it's pink. The pink is kind of fading, it's dog-eared, but, and it's breaking down the seams. But I really treasure it. And often when I am doing my events, I'll pull out Now We Are Six and I'll read a poem out of that. And, oh, and you know, it's Christopher Robin and it's Winnie the Pooh and it's the stories that we have as children and the ability to be just children. So I love that book and it's very uh, special to me and has a very important place, not only in my heart, but in for in the work that I do. So I just digressed a wee bit, but I went, when I went to the vocational guidance officer and I'm thinking, you know, and I'm thinking, I don't know what I'm going for or I hadn't thought about my future, but what I did know I was extremely intrigued in travel, and I was extremely intrigued in other cultures. 
And so much so that um, I was fascinated at the age of 14 by cultures like the Mayans in Central America, the Egyptians, and I was fascinated by their technology, um, which is incredible. We don't know how those pyramids were built. We don't know really why these things. So I was very... um, I guess I loved mystery, <laughs> and I loved the mystique of things. And so um, when I went into that vocational guidance officer appointment, I'm thinking all these things. And I'm thinking about the world, and I'm thinking about this. In- I had this probably incredible curiosity and attraction to um, Native American culture, Egyptian culture, and Mayan culture. And so when I went into that room, and it was probably a relatively clinical room, and so essentially I was given three choices. So the choices were nursing, teaching, or doing clerical work. And I thought, oh, okay, so I have to make a choice of one of those. That's what I'm thinking in my head. And then I thought about, well, my mum's a nurse, so I'll do nursing. Um, and... Um, And just to digress a moment here also, that my mum is now 90, and she was a nurse and a Māori woman and a nurse, and she was pioneering in her own right in those early days. So um, I also treasure the the legacy that I have been given from my ancestors and my parents, and it's really important for me that I leave a legacy of positive change uh, with my children Uh, and grandchildren and those who we influence and to leave this world in a better place. So I'm sitting there in this room and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, okay, so I really wanted to be an archaeologist, but that wasn't in the um, the three choices. So I chose nursing. And I have, nursing has opened up a world for me and I have travelled a lot with nursing and it certainly fits with who I am and my values. And I, um, however, still craved the heart of an archaeologist and anthropologist and to this day I still am so intrigued by the mystery by other cultures and by travel and by a sense of um, the creativity around those thinking and ideas. So um, I went nursing and now I am much older so I am now 61 and I uh, I If I look at the question, you know, about why changing lenses, um, there have been many things in my life that have brought me to this point of what is changing lenses. Why have I even used that, that name? What does it actually mean? And as we go through our lives, we gather a lot of experiences and, um, I love to be able to step outside of my comfort zone. I never used to be able to speak like that in the 80s, though, when I was nursing. It was just something that I kind of did automatically because I always felt there's always something to learn. And if I learn this, then I get better at what I do. And then I've got this whole realm of knowledge that I can share with others and help others. So um, I went uh, in 2013, I had a hankering inside that 
what do I want to do with my nursing? I can either leave it or I can do something with it. And so I kind of went and in the age of Google thought, what can I do in this day and age? And I didn't want three choices. And uh, what is going to resonate with who I am? And maybe I do think differently from other nurses I was thinking at this time. What is going to fulfill me and how can I leave a legacy? And always, and even from those days when I used to daydream, I used to feel that I wanted to make the world a better place. And that's as a child. So again, I look back now and they were very poignant moments. So I took myself off to the States. Oh, sorry. So I did my Google search and I found this nurse coaching program, an integrative nurse coaching program. Didn't really know what it was about, but it used a few key words. It talked about uh, being a change agent, being a nurse to be able to change and make positive changes on a global basis for our communities in really healthy ways and to grow a better world. Well, That just struck a huge call. So I went with my gut instinct and I took myself off to the States and came back. And I look back now and, you know, I was very privileged to be the first international uh, certified nurse coach from out of the States internationally. And um, it becomes part of the picture of changing lenses. And so the reason why I use changing lenses is that our our lives change all the time. But not only that, is that there are many incredible people in this world who see things through a different lens. So it's like having a camera lens and say maybe we've got six different types of lenses. So we've got a wide angle lens, we've got um, a medium lens, we've got a zoom lens. So I use the analogy of changing lenses. If we can see the world through different eyes, then maybe that's going to make us better nurses. Maybe that is going to make us better people because we'll start to connect with others in a different way and we'll start to hear their story. So changing lenses came out of that. So it's that multi-perspective lens. And again, we always come with our own lens and uh, we have to be mindful of it that we don't put our lens on someone else's lens. So Here I am in Changing Lenses, and um, that's where the story uh, first, that's how it evolved. And I didn't think I'd be answering the question this way, (laughs) but when I think back and I think about all those times that I've just described and uh, shared that story with, it has brought me to this moment at this time in this radio station talking about Changing Lenses, a nursing story. Yeah, I I definitely understand your uh, belief in changing lenses, which I would interpret as broadening your perspective. And so just being willing to see things from different angles and from various lenses, as you've said. Um, Now, I do know that as a child, um, you spoke a lot about the concept of changing from within with my brother and I and I think it's something that we both have adopted in our own lives and so I was just hoping you could elaborate on this for our listeners. Mm. So a lot of the work that I did in the States, so it was a very pivotal time. So there I was in New York City in Greenwich Village, um, still very groovy, 
reminded me of the 70s. I hadn't been, the first time I'd been in New York. Um, and New York has this fascination because we hear about New York from across the, you know, from across all those oceans in Aotearoa. We listen to the music. And the music was very pivotal in those early days because we didn't have a lot of TV. So a lot of really creative stuff came out of New York, as it did out of San Francisco. So when I arrived in New York, I thought, oh, my gosh, this place feels uh, so familiar. And here I am, a stranger on the shore and a person looking differently and with a very different accent. So what the nurse coaching course really showed me and has really started to shape who I am was about the importance of reflection and that critical analysis of who we are as an individual and how we practice as a nurse. And so that reflection, sometimes we may find that reflection is very difficult because it makes us vulnerable, because it exposes all those parts of us. So part of that reflection is being in the present moment, having the ability to listen deeply, not interrupt, wear a uh, non-judgment hat as much as you can, take away the expert um, hat and just allow the story of a person, a person's story to just evolve in its own organic way. And so through those years, I every day now have become more and more mindful of the importance of change from within. And I take that breath and I slow down and I really, with intentionality, I really now uh, try and make myself really present to people. And of course, you know, sometimes everything kind of implodes sometimes. Um, however, I, I now know that I recognize and notice and am much more aware of when those things happen that I need to bring myself back to that present moment. So it's like having a that bird's eye view, looking down on yourself and looking at their situation and the environment. And it gives you that opportunity to pause before you respond. So instead of being reactive, we can either be proactive in silence and in choice or proactive in the words or the things that we, or the actions that we take uh, from there. So it sounds as though uh, what you suggest is to take a moment to sort of appreciate the situation and give yourself time to understand it and to listen. And I think that sounds somewhat similar to meditation um, in a sense. Do you think that that would be the case? Uh, yes, indeed. So um, sometimes people get scared by the word meditation. And what I like to uh, really share with people is that so the word mindfulness is now used I like to use the word awareness because that's about being conscious in our moment and being conscious of the way that we behave the presence that we take into a room is about um, lifting our levels of consciousness so when we look at um, um, the word meditation, I like to take it back to the simple things of just taking a breath, being aware of yourself, and taking a moment. And it's very simple, like in a minute or in 30 seconds. Once 
you have trained yourself and disciplined yourself to do that. It's a very powerful way of being. And that in itself is the art of nursing, the art of being aware, the art of care. And uh, I think it's such an important thing that we can all learn and grow into um, an incredible uh, state of awareness around us. Yeah, absolutely. And thanks for elaborating on that for us. Now, I do have a, um, I do see today you've chosen to play the song Into the Mystic by Van Morrison. So we will just take a moment to settle in and have a listen. than the sun Yeah, the bonnie boat was one As we sail into the mystic Oh, I can now hear the sailors cry Smell the sea and feel the sky Let your soul and spirit fly into the mystic And when that foghorn blows I will be coming home Mm. And when the foghorn blows I want to hear it I don't have the fear and I wanna rock your gypsy soul Just like way back in the days of old Yeah, magnificently we will fold into the mystic You know I will be coming home Yeah, when that foghorn whistle blows I gotta hear it I don't have to fear it And I wanna rock your gypsy soul Just like way back in the days of old And together we will fold Come on, girl. Come 
This is Changing Lenses, and we have just listened to Into the Mystic by Van Morrison, a song chosen by Anna Aikman, uh, the founder of Changing Lenses. And uh, today I, Maya, her daughter, am doing the interviewing and hearing about her story. So, Anna, if you could just tell us why you chose this particular song. Oh, my gosh, it's another story. We're so full of stories. <laughs> um, so I chose Van Morrison's Into the Mystic because it so resonated uh, with who I am. And when I was nursing in Dunedin, when I did my nursing training through the hospital system at that point in time in 1975, Van Morrison was alive and well, as in this music that kind of breathed uh, life into people. That's what I felt. And I really felt that he could really touch you very deeply. And I still, to this day, um, when I've just listened to the song now, it almost brings me to tears. And music does that, you know. There is something very palpable that shifts us into another space of being, shifts that consciousness point. So, you know, he talks about into the mystic. And so for me, into the mystic, I kind of feel that's who I am because I have a very strong spiritual base. I believe in spirit, mind, and body. I believe in that everything that we do is interconnected and interrelated. So into that mystic, into that mystery, and when I spoke about the stories all... Earlier, when I made my choices for when I made my choice to go nursing, but I still had that interest in mystery. So this song really into the mystic. Even that title itself is to me. I identify with that. He talks about the gypsy soul, and that has always been me, and I love it. And uh, you know, just like back in the days of old. And um, and as we reminisce and uh, about that, all those feelings kind of come washing forward, you know, those other 40 years <laughs> here into the studio. So, you know, just like back in the days of old and together we will go uh, into the mystic. Music is definitely a very powerful medium and I think people use it, whether they're spiritual or not, to feel something and to find or hear or listen to their voice or the voice of uh, someone else. Uh, so what I'd be interested to know is why is the nurse's voice so important to you? When I trained in uh, the mid-70s, I believe that as nurses, even though in a lot of ways we were quite regimented, but we were trained extremely well to see the big picture, to see how um, detail in the environment changed the therapeutic uh, relationship. Uh, as simple as like keeping things clean and tidy, it minimizes the stress around you. It helps you when uh, emergencies happen much better to have clean and tidy um, areas versus lots of stuff everywhere in an emergency that um, you cannot act um, appropriately and efficiently in a very um, immediate way. So, um, so we kind of 
grew up. But as we went through our years through the hospital and that kind of apprenticeship, we saw life in its most dynamic and its most vibrant and in its most sadness. So at the age of 17, you're exposed to this. And um, I really, really am so grateful that I am a hospital-trained nurse and I have the experiences because it's experiences that bring us, brings our voice together as a really powerful force of change. So when I look back at those days, and we had very strong uh, leadership within our nursing uh, women, mainly women in, in those days, and, um, and of different personalities, but they were very strong and generally very strong advocates for their patients. And so uh, we had an autonomous voice. We spoke to the landscape of health and we could change things. However, what I have found over time, and I have been nursing for over 40 years, like continually, and I define myself as a generalist expert, that I can go from one arena, so I could go from mental health to pediatrics, from ICU to emergency department, from surgical to medical to community care. And I just kind of move with that rhythm. That's who I am. I move with all that rhythm and I can adapt very quickly. And what it does is that when you have this big picture of experience, grounded experience, real human experiences, then you, um, your a voice is so important. Your voice of change at a political level, at a national, international level, and at a level um, in the areas that we work in, in health. So uh, what I have seen over time is that I have definitely seen uh, minimization of the nurse's voice almost to the degree of invisibility. And I know there's a lot of reasons around that, the resources, the amount of tick boxes we now have to tick that takes us away from the bedside. And I often wonder and think that I believe that we can do things differently, make things a little bit uh, simpler, but really change the trajectory of our patients and the people that we care for. So I believe, so my whole thing around uh, being able to speak your voice, to speak your truth and be your advocate for your patient without repercussions. And uh, I believe that we can give so much to the society in Aotearoa if we just hear the stories from the frontline nurses because we know what happens at the frontline and we know how to change things. Um, sometimes things get lost in translation as we go through kind of a lot of the layers of um, management, for example, and bureaucracy, for example, that the translation gets lost. So when a decision is made that is um, away from the front line and not involving people who are intimately involved at that cold face of care, then it, no, it doesn't work in a way that is at its most uh, beneficial. So I really, really believe um, in uh, nurses standing up and speaking uh, their truth and how they see 
um, health for the future. So my changing lenses has been about um, raising that voice. And so today and in the series of Six with the Nurses Story and sharing stories that shows the human face of who we are as nurses, but also our passion for the care that we give and how we see the future of nursing. So you speak about uh, the nurses' voice and how they have this experience behind them that uh, could actually influence a changing, the changing landscape of health. So how do you feel that nurses shape the health of communities? I guess I might answer that, if that's okay, in the way that we may shape it for the future. And I feel that there is a lot of work that is um, beginning to happen. Until I believe in values and I believe that in order to have change in our health, we have to truly and genuinely connect and understand the story of those that we care for. In the way that I, I kind of mentioned earlier about the deep listening, um, the standing back, allowing the person to let them uh, share their story. They may never, ever have shared their story before, so we honour that story. And through that process, and if you are engaged and really listening, that person will understand. And then they will start to share maybe things that are a concern of them for their health. Um, and you have to develop that trusting relationship. And nothing, nothing will happen um, if we do not um, address the trusting relationship and that foundation of that first point of contact. We can either break it by creating fear, by creating... Uh, big chasm below people because they don't understand the paperwork. They don't understand the system. So when we understand their story, we can start to explain things in a way that they begin to understand in their own terms and through their own lens. So I'm very mindful about um, taking that time. And, you know... We are under-resourced for time. We're often under-resourced for resources. Um, but that time is so important because if you allow that time, that trajectory of change, of positive change in health, will move forward. So we can do make all these changes if we don't really connect and if we don't really develop those deep trusting relationships. We never really know the truth of that uh, of those health issues concerning those individuals and those communities. So um, I believe, you know, first and foremost, let's look at the foundations, make them strong, and that has to come through developing trusting relationships through our own way of being. It's about that presence that I take into the room. And um, I really honour my patient stories and uh, that connection that you have after you have developed that just gets deeper and deeper and we can then start to take off the layers of fear and help them on their health journey. What I'm gathering from this is that empathy and kindness play a huge role uh, in, your, in your work as a nurse uh, and also in what changing lenses could be summed up within probably those words as well as other other closely tied values. 
but what I did hear in there is that you are under-resourced as nurses in both staff and time. So would you be able to speak more on how you feel uh, nurses are being impeded by the personal, their, by personal and professional growth? Is there something in the workplace that is preventing uh, that from happening? Um, yes. Um, I believe that as sometimes we, we've got so much to do because we work so extremely hard and often the nurses end up taking all the stuff in, in uh, how do I explain that? Often we end up not just doing what we do well, but we end up with a lot of other jobs that are not necessarily our, but it takes ours, but it takes us away from our most important place, and that's at that patient bedside. And so, um, you know, those things can be looked at. I think also that in this day and age, we uh, are seeing sicker people come in, and we are also, there's a lot of stress, there's a lot of mental health, there's a lot of um, um, fear um, around health and well-being. So it's, a, it's our biggest um, health challenge for the future, uh, I believe. So, you know, what we can do is that we can start looking at our staff, I believe, and really doing, um, raising that nurse's voice by collaborating together, collaborating in a very honest and genuine way together. Look at being, let's be much more creative around the way we do the work. Just don't get in there and do the do because we've done that do for how many ever years. But let's use a creative process that makes what we do exciting, it gives us joy. It helps inspire us. How can we do that differently? But we need to have everyone on board with that. And so often when you have, so sometimes you can have a really narrow focus. And so we're only going to look at the pinhead versus that big globe sphere of what's happening. So I believe we just need to start a conversation. I'm very much about sharing story. Let's hear the story. Let's share the conversation. And let's collaborate mindfully. And if we do that and we listen to each other, I'm sure that we can come up with some incredible solutions if we are given the opportunity. You speak about patient well-being and how important it is to take the time to be at their bedside and really make sure that they are okay in themselves. If you could talk maybe a little about how you attend to your own self-care, we might find that some some people might be able to take away from that things that they could then uh, bring into their own lives and into their own self-care regime. Mm. Self-care is such an important thing. Uh, mm, for everybody but also particularly for nurses and healthcare professionals because we are always caring, 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 and that's what we do. So compassion fatigue 
is, and burnout is very prevalent because we are multitasking all the time. We have interruptions all the time. So you get distracted. You have to go away from what you're currently doing to attend to another matter. Um, you, are, you are interacting with families and people, people who are distressed, moral distress, physical distress, and um, mental distress. Um, so for the self-care for me, and I, you know, even though sometimes we know these things, but do we actually do these things? But what I do try and put now is I try and really, for me, self-care is about my reflection and how I can remove myself, how I can take some moments in those quiet times by just closing my eyes outside in the sun and taking that time just for everything to kind of reset. And that is really important for me. Um, I love reading. I love learning new things. And I love doing what I do now. So um, it probably comes in many forms. I often wonder, do I do it enough to keep me well? Well, I feel like for 61, I'm pretty vibrant and I think I'm, you know, I've got a pretty good sense of health around me um, at the moment. And um, that also keeps me well. But I love exercise and I do love to run. My knees are getting a little bit mm-mm at the moment. Uh, but I love those things and I love nature and just being in nature, tramping or walking um, is so, so beneficial, not just for me to lie down and look up at the skies and see the clouds uh, for everyone. So that's what um, that's what's important for me, Maya. And also, I like great conversations. I like great conversations with my children, Maya and Jade. I like, you know, and I like conversations with my friends because they, you know, you as my children and my friends really stretch my ways of thinking and my ways of being. It's always very thought-provoking. So if I look at that, that's also um, my self-care. I think that what we can glean from you having shared that is that self-care doesn't necessarily come in any one form and that it's going to vary from person to person. So you spoke about how you like to run, how you like to read, uh, great conversations are another thing. Obviously, there's some time, some, some moments when you like to just be in a quiet space. And I think it's really important for people to know that your self-care doesn't have to be one thing or maybe today you don't feel like going for a walk but instead you might like to go to the movies with a friend so uh, yeah from you having said that you can just see that self-care is very important and can come in any shape or form which is, is quite a beautiful thing now in closing you have chosen another song Save the Last Dance for Me by Benny King what does this last dance conjure up for you? Oh, my gosh. You know, so here we have this upbeat song and, you know, save the last dance for me. And here we are in our final episode, episode six. What I really love about the song and what it conjures up for me is those socials that I went to when I was in Form 1 and 2. And we were kind of the 
you know, we were coming out of that age of the six, uh, age of the fifties, really, into the sixties and then into the seventies, and we had these groovy new ways of our clothes, which has now all come back in, and you know the bright colours and the bohemian kind of look. That's what it was in those socials, and always at the end of that social, save the last dance for me was played. And it's really, I feel it's really uplifting. So this is by Benny King, who was part of the Drifters. And so Motown also at that time was starting to create a voice, a voice for black musicians. And some incredible music came out of that. And when I was in New York, I went and saw a Motown show, and it just inspired me. It reminded me about that music of social change and the messages that it has, and also those sleek performances those incredible suits, all colour-coordinated, the four or the five people in the same outfit, sleek, synchronised movements that I for detail. And so when I looked at, look at, looked at choosing a song and I came to this, all these other things came rushing in. So um, let's do it. Let's save The Last Dance for Me by Benny King. You can dance, every dance with the guy who gives you the eye, let him hold you tight. You can smile, every smile for the man who held your hand neath the pale moonlight. But don't forget who's taking you home and in whose arms you're gonna be. So darling, say the last dance for me. Oh, I know, oh, I know that the music's yes, fine, like sparkling oh, wine. Go and have your yes, fun. I know. Oh, I know. Laugh and sing. Yes, I know. But while we're oh, apart, don't give your yes, heart to anyone. Oh, but yes, don't forget who's taking you home and in whose arms you're gonna be. So, darling, say the last dance for me. Don't you know I love you so Can't you feel it when we touch I will never, never let you go I love you oh so much You can dance, you can dance Go and carry you on dance. Till the night is you gone And it's time to you go You can dance If he asks You can dance If you're all alone you can, can he take you, you home dance. You must tell him you no Cause don't forget who's taking you home And in whose arms you're gonna be So darling, say the last dance for me Say the last dance for me mm, Say the last dance for me
beautiful song that was Save the Last Dance for Me by Benny King. And I'm sure that while it conjured up some memories for uh, my mum, Anna, it probably conjured up some memories for you as well. Uh, now, I'd just like to take the time in this moment to pass the microphone over to Anna and allow her to speak a little to this series, Changing Lenses and Nurses Story, uh, to share her thanks for those who have been involved and uh, share her, her time and how she has enjoyed uh, doing this. Thank you, Maya. And um, I feel so honoured and so blessed to be able to be part of this um, for the incredible nurses that are around me who supports this co-papa, uh, this purpose to raise our, our nurses' voice and to see that, you know, we come from a sense of values. And um, so, you know, first of all, I'd like to thank uh, Plains FM for allowing me to have this opportunity and uh, this first foray into radio land. Uh, so uh, I'd like to thank uh, Joanne Kennedy. Uh, Joanne, you always bring an incredible uh, sense of grounding, and I feel that you kind of bring us back to what's important, ask the really important questions, and I feel that you're very thought-provoking. Thank you very much for sharing your story uh, with us. And so Elizabeth Cook, um, thank you also for who you are as a young nurse and that you have certainly uh, done nursing very differently. And um, I'm sure we're all very excited to see um, how your future is going to uh, unfold. So thank you for travelling uh, from Dunedin um, and to come up and be present with, with us. Thank you for be ex being excited with us also. To uh, Kelly, to Cole, thank you, Kelly, for being such a wahine tour, such a beautiful Māori strong woman with a legacy I see in your eyes and a passion for your PhD and making changes um, in, uh, in our health systems and to raise the awareness of the importance of Māori culture in this land and about um, embracing fully. Uh, good luck with your uh, PhD and we look forward to um, uh, your celebrations afterwards and how this will evolve for you also uh, for the future. And uh, Heather Leong and uh, Te Awamutu, thank you very much for also joining us. And, you know, and our journey, you are the second nurse coach in this country certified. Thank you so much for following your dream, for reading the article and going to Seattle. I felt very privileged to have been with you in Seattle at that point in time. And to Jean Ross. Jean, you bring a vibrance and a passion for research and change, and together we can do this. And, um, you know, here we come, voices of change, of positive change. Thank you for being part of Changing Lenses, and I really look forward to uh, you joining our team in Changing Lenses. So... Uh, to Maya for interviewing me today. I really appreciate that. 
Um, it's so wonderful to have a daughter and a mum working together in this way and, um, and sharing uh, my vision of health and that you also have heard some of these stories as you have grown up. So thank you, everyone. Thank you, Plains FM, and we look forward to future series. Thanks, Anna, and it has been a real pleasure chatting with you today. Uh, thank you so much for having me on the show, and I look forward to seeing where Changing Lenses takes you in the future. Thank you for joining us. We look forward to your feedback. You can supply feedback on Anna at AnnaAikman.com. That's A-N-A-H at Anna, A-N-A-H, Aikman, A-I-K-M-A-N dot com. Changing Lenses, a unique perspective is available on podcast on planesfm.org.nz. Type in Changing Lenses. Kakite anō. Until next time, go well, be well and travel well. This is Anna Aikman and you have been listening to Changing Lenses. <laughs>